Masechet Ketubot Af Tet. We're talking about what a woman needs in order to collect her ketubah. In an ideal case, if she got divorced, she would have a get and a ketubah, so she proves, I am divorced, and here is a ketubah. It's kind of like a loan document that says, here, you have to pay it to me. And uh, normally after it's paid, then she would give him over the ketubah uh, for, for him or rip it up. And so if she has both the get and the ketubah, that's 100% proof. But what if she has only one or the other? If she has only a get, as she says, see, I am divorced, but she doesn't have a ketubah, nevertheless, he has to pay the ketubah. All right, um, we're gonna, uh, you know, we're gonna see that there were actually some places where they didn't. Uh, the custom was not to write a ketubah; it was assumed, and uh, so uh, for sure there, uh, if she has a get, then he would have to pay. The Gemara will discuss what case this is talking about. Is there, is there, is it a place that they usually write a ketubah or not? Okay, second case is ketubah ve'en ima get. She has a ketubah, but she doesn't have a get. Now, a get also was used in a, as a. Uh, kind of a proof, not only that there was uh, that they were divorced, but when the kituba was paid, as we'll see later on, they would tear the kituba in a certain way and write that it was paid. Not that the get is false, but um, it could, get could still be produced as proof that they're divorced. But kind of like putting a stamp on it, paid kituba paid. So in this case, she has only the kituba, but not the get. He omitted avad giti. She says, I don't know where the get is. You gave me one. I don't know where it is, but here's the ketuvah, and uh, so you have to pay. Vehu omed avad shovadi. He says, I paid already, and um, you gave me a receipt. We're going to talk about this also. Um, some places there was a, we can assume that there was a receipt or not. Um, so he says, yes, you gave me a receipt that I paid. But I don't know where it is. So these cancel each other out. And just like she can say, well, yeah, I had a get, but I lost it. She says, I paid and I lost the receipt. Uh, so therefore, he does not have to pay again. Or uh, someone who's owed money and uh, the, uh, the, the, the person who, the, the lender, uh, produces a loan document, uh, but he doesn't have a Piroz Bol. And he, um, he lent it originally before the Shivi'it year, and now he's coming to collect after the Shivi'it, after the end of the Shivi'it year, when can, loans are canceled. Now, the, he does not have a Piroz Bol. Piroz Bol would be a document that would allow someone to collect a loan, even through the Shivi'it year. So uh, he, the, the borrower is going to come and claim, hey, Shivi'it passed, and therefore my loan was canceled, so I don't have to pay. Uh, do you have a Piroz Bol? And the guy says, well, I did write a Piroz Bol, but I lost it, so therefore you still have to pay me. He says, prove that you wrote a Piroz Bol. I don't see one. So in these, in both of these cases, the people don't have to pay. The husband does not have to pay because uh, she, he, she cannot produce a get. And the borrower does not have to pay because he cannot produce a peros bol. All that is Tanakama. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, Mina sakana ve'elach, Isha goba kitubata, Shelo beget, Ubalchov gobe, Shelo be peros bol. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel says, that, that law before we just saw is usually true, but from the time of danger, this could have been uh, the Hadrianic persecution, some persecution where the government said that Jews are not allowed to fulfill mitzvot. 
And since they can't do that, they can't have uh, documents around that prove that they fulfilled mitzvah. And so therefore, um, they, although they would write a get if they needed to get divorced, they would not hold on to it. They would uh, tear it up and get rid of it right away because it was dangerous. Uh, if someone found it, they could prove, oh, look, see, they're doing mitzvot. Or a pedos ball. Uh, they had, even if they wrote it, they would not hold on to it uh, to get rid of the evidence from, against the Romans that uh, they were uh, keeping Jewish law. So from that time on, then we cannot expect a woman to hold on to her get, and therefore Isha go back to She can collect her ketubah with even if she has only the ketubah document and not the get. And similarly, someone who the lender can collect even right through the shviit year, even if he doesn't have the ketubah, as long as he says that he wrote one. He doesn't have to produce it, and he can collect the loan. Okay, good. So now we're going to analyze the first case, and we're going to infer from it, Shema' Minaha Kotvin Shabad. This must mean, the first case, remember, is uh, where she produces a get only, and she doesn't have a ketubah. She can still collect it. Now, how come we don't worry about the fact that she maybe she's hiding the ketubah, or she'll find it later, and then she'll go and collect again, right? She'll collect once with the get, and maybe she'll collect again with the ketubah. How come we're not worried about such a case? So we answer, it must be that this uh, that we agree with the opinion, this machloket about this, we must agree with the opinion that we force the uh, one who's paying to write, uh, to, to take a receipt and keep the receipt. And he has the responsibility, this husband in this case, would have the responsibility to hold on to the receipt. And therefore, if he does not have the receipt, he has to pay again. So that's why we don't worry. After all, if it's in a place that we don't um, write receipts and we don't uh, give the husband the responsibility of keeping the receipts, uh, then he'll ha- he'll say he'll have he'll have a claim. He says, "Listen, I don't need to keep receipts my whole life. What's well, a big pain, right? Imagine if uh, you know everybody you paid can come and collect again, and you have to prove." that you're already paid because you have to keep all the receipts. And if you do lose the receipt, then you have to pay again, right? That would be too onerous. Um, that is one opinion. If we, if we do follow that opinion, that a person is not responsible for keeping receipts, then she comes and collects with a get. Um, then she may come later and produce her ketubah in a different court, and then she will be able to uh, collect a second time with it. So therefore, it must be that we follow the opinion that when he pays with a get, she will write him a receipt, and he needs to hold on to that receipt and that's how uh, he will be protected from uh, fraud from paying again. We should note that even though the second clause of the Mishnah said that if you produce a ketuvah only without a get, he does not have to pay, that's only true while the husband is alive and she's claiming that they were divorced. But after the husband dies, then certainly she can collect her ketuvah with only the ketuvah. She doesn't need a get. They were not divorced. She can collect a get. She can collect her ketuvah in two ways, whether they're divorced or he dies first. So that's what we're worried about. If we allow her to collect the ketuvah with only the get, 
then after he dies, he will, um, she will be able to collect again with the Ketuva. So how are we going to protect him against that? Must be that we assume that she writes him a receipt and it's his responsibility to hold on to that receipt uh, forever. Um, but this is a problem. We don't want to say that because this is the minority opinion. It's a rejected opinion elsewhere that um, a husbands have to keep a receipt or any uh, borrowers have to keep the receipt forever. So we're going to have two answers. Amarav, in fact, this Mishnah is talking about a place where there is the custom not to write a ketubah. The ketubah is implicit. People will get married without writing ketubah. And then should the husband die, so she'll come and say, hey, look, my husband died, and then the Betin will award her a ketuvah. Or the, if they're divorced, he'll give her a get, and she'll bring the get and say, hey, look, he has to pay a ketuvah, because here's the get, and he'll pay the ketuvah, and then they stamp the ketuvah as paid. And that's why there is no ketuvah, so we do not have to worry that she's going to collect again. Okay, so Rav has to limit our Mishnah to a place where they don't actually write. Uh, they don't actually write the ketuvah. It's assumed. Fine. Ushmuel Amar says I can explain this Mishnah even in a place where they write a ketuvah, and he's still not going to say that we require a husband to hold on to a receipt forever. Right. So does so according to Shmuel, does he have to write a receipt? That's what we were trying to get out of. I say no. We 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 don't have to say that. Says that Shemuel explained to him what his uh, what his approach is. So it, Shemuel thinks it can be a place where they don't write or the place they do write. Either way, he can explain the Mishnah. If it's talking about if if it's a, if there if there's a place where they don't usually write a ketuvah, uh, then he uh, she produces the get, so he writes the get. If he says, if he says, I know we're in a place where we don't usually write a get, but I wrote her one anyway. I wanted to have, you know, for the for the pictures, I wanted to show that we're have a ketuvah signing ceremony. I wanted to hang one up in my house. Whatever reason, he decided he's going to write a ketuvah anyway. Then, then he has to bring a proof that he did, in fact, make uh, write a ketubah. He has to show, he has to bring the pictures from the wedding day when they signed the ketubah. He has to bring witnesses that said, yeah, we saw that there was a ketubah. And if he can prove that he did give her a ketubah, then he won't have to pay until she produces the get and the ketubah to protect him from the for protect him from having to pay twice so that's one possibility or shemel says i can explain it this mishnah in a place where they usually do write a ketubah but even though most people have a ketubah in that place she says he never wrote a ketubah for me. I'm coming with my get, my get only, because I don't have a ketubah. And she proves that there was no ketubah. Right? She'll bring uh, witnesses that said, look, we were there, we saw uh, that they did the marriage, and there was no ketubah at all. Uh, in that case, also, we don't have to worry that she's going to collect twice, because she proved that there is no ketubah, so she can collect only with, just with the get. Okay, good. So Shemuel can also by has to limit it, limit the Mishnah in other ways, but he can't explain the Mishnah even in a place where they do usually write a ketuvah. But uh, she said that in this case he did not write a ketuvah. Okay, va'af rav hadarbe. Now rav, whose answer was perfectly fine, uh, actually changed his mind and gave a different answer. Damarav. 
Ben b'makom shekotvin, ben makom shein kotvin. Perhaps the Rav did not want to be limited only to a place where they don't write a ketubah. So he says, I also can explain the Mishnah um, in all places, where whether where they usually write a ketubah or where they usually do not write a ketubah. But unlike Shemuel, I have a different way of applying it. Get gova ikar. Ketubah gova tosefet. Here's how it works. When she produces the get, she can get paid the basic 200. Let's say, assume it's a betula. When she produces the ketubah, then she gets the extra. Let's say the extra is a thousand. And so each document is actually being used for separate amounts. And so there's no possibility that she will double collect because there's only one ketubah, there's only one get. So she'll get the get to 200, then she'll get the thousand. Uh, but she'll need both if she wants to collect everything. Now, Rav seems to know that this is uh, a surprising answer because we've never seen this before, that uh, that you need two different documents to collect. And we're going to have a lot of questions uh, to Rav. So Rav invites anyone who has a question, come and I will answer your question. Okay, well, we do have a few challenges to Rav. Uh, here's the first one. Tenan, the, this first challenge is from the second clause of the Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, Ketubah, ven ima get, if she has only Ketubah and no get, he omeret abad giti, I don't know wherever the get is, but I have the Ketubah, so pay me. For omeret abad shovet, he says, I paid already, and you even gave me, gave me a receipt, so I lost my receipt. So just like you can claim you lost the get, I can claim I lost the receipt, and I'm not paying. Or someone who has a loan document says, pay me based on this loan document, even though it's past the seventh year, um, and I, lo- I don't have my pedos bol, I lost it. Both of these people do not have to pay. Now, let's uh, analyze this. We can understand this uh, this clause, the entire Mishnah, based on Shemuel. He says we're talking about a case where we do not usually write a, 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 a ketuvah. And, but it's a particular case, he says, I did write a ketuvah. And so we tell him, you have to bring a proof that you, uh, that you wrote a ketuvah and then you won't have to pay. If she, if, if she has the get only, that in the first clause, she has the get only, and uh, he proves that he um, he wrote a ketubah and she is not producing it, then he doesn't have to pay. And if he does he does not bring a proof that he wrote a ketubah, and we're living in a place where we usually don't write a ketubah, so she produces a get, that's sufficient. So we said, tell him, go and pay it. Right, so uh, that all that is totally fine. Um, the, we can explain the Mishnah according to Shemuel. El alirav lagabia tosefet But according to Rav, he just said in his second answer that uh, the, the get with the get you uh, you collect the two hundred, and uh, the ketuvah um, you collect the rest of it, the additional amount. So according to Rav. When, when in the second case where she has a ketuvah but not the get, why is the why would you say he doesn't have to pay? I understand he can't he can't he doesn't have to pay the uh, basic two hundred because she doesn't have a get in the second clause of the Mishnah, uh, but she does have a ketuvah. And uh, 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 Rav, you said that the ketuvah alone will make her pay will make him pay the added the additional sum. So why doesn't he have to pay that? 
Amar Rav Yosef, Hachab Ma'eskinan, Kishen Sham Ede Gedushin. Migo de Acholim Emar, Lo Gedashtiya. So Rav Yosef is going to defend Rav's interpretation and say that our Mishnah is talking about a case where there are no witnesses to say that they were even divorced. So all she is, she, the husband is alive. She comes to court and says, Here's my kituvah. We were divorced. I want payment. Where's your get? I don't have the get. Uh, do you have witnesses that you were divorced? No, I don't have witnesses. She has no proof that there was even a divorce. So we can apply amigo for him. The husband can say, come and say, I never divorced her. I'm not going to pay a kituvah. There was never a divorce. Since we would believe him for that, because she has no proof that there was a divorce. Therefore, he's also believed to say, Yes, indeed, I did divorce her, but I already paid the kitubah, since he was, would be believed anyway. So we believe him uh, when he says that he, he already paid. And that's the reason, according to Rav, why he doesn't have to pay, not the 200, because she doesn't have a get, and not even the tosefet, the added 1,000 zoos, because um, he has amigo. She cannot prove that they were even divorced. Okay, Now, another challenge to Rav. The last clause of the Mishnah says, Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, So, Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel said, after the persecution, when people can, did not keep their religious documents anymore, then a woman can collect the ketuvah even without a get. And a, a lender can collect also without a piros ball. Now, Now, surely this statement of Rashbag has to be talking about where there are witnesses that for a divorce. Because if there's no witnesses to divorce, then how is she collecting anything? She comes with a ketuvah. And, and right, and um, uh, we're talking about the second clause here. She comes with a ketuvah. Um, it, Rashbag is talking about the same case as the second clause, where she brings a ketuvah, but she has no get, right? That because they destroy all religious documents, and she has so she if she has no get and she has no witnesses. So what claim is she making to even say? that she is divorced, right? The, if he says uh, we weren't divorced, though we wouldn't believe her. Uh, so w- rather, it must be talking about a case where we do have witnesses. And if Rashbag is talking about a case where there are witnesses to the divorce, then so too the Tanakama is talking about the very same case. So sorry, but uh, we, Rav Yosef, we cannot accept your Okimta. Uh, we can't answer it. Ela kulad aban Shimon ben Gamliel he vechasurim chasurim vechikatani. So we have to add a couple of words into the Mishnah, to, and we're going to explain that. In fact, the entire Mishnah is the opinion of Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, and here's how we're going to read it. Hare elo lo yiparehu. In that second clause, when she has a kituba but not a get, he does not have to pay. Now, when is that true? When there are no witnesses, because she has no witnesses that they were divorced. She has no get, so therefore she has no claim, and he has he does not have to pay. He could make amigo and say, "I paid." Aval yesh sham gedushin But if there are witnesses that they're divorced, and she has a ketubah, then she can collect. Not the 200, because she doesn't have a get, but she can, can collect the added amount, the 1,000, and that would be in accordance with Rav.
Vikad, uh, what about the main part? If she has a get, she can get the 200. If she doesn't have the get, then she cannot collect 200. Oh, good. And from the time of danger and onward, even if she does not have the get, she can collect the basic 200 amount and and the added amount with the ketubah alone, because in those cases she cannot be expected to hold on to the get. It's too dangerous. As how do we know that? Shed aban shemam gamliel omed misakana ve'elach isha go go back ketubah tashelo beget ubal chob shelo beperosbol. Rashbag says after the time of danger, uh, she can collect the entire amount uh, with the ketubah. And uh, even if she doesn't have a get, and a lender can collect the entire amount without a pitos bull, because he can't be expected to collect it. There's no machloket in the in the Mishnah. It's all the opinion of Rashbag, and so we can uphold the Okimta of Rav Yosef, and that's how we answer the question against Rav. All right, we're not done asking questions about Rav. Uh, remember Rav again who said that you collect the 200 with the, with the get and the additional sum with the ketubah. Amri le'rav kanav rav le'rav. Rav Kana and Rav Aser are double teaming up against Rav and ask him, According to you, they say, you say, you need a get to collect the basic 200 amount. What if you have a widow? She was not divorced, so she never get, receives a get. So um, first we're going to ask about Amana Nisuin. Then we're going to ask a separate question about Amana Minha Erusin. We'll see why. Uh, so how will she, an almana, collect her 200? All she has is the kitubah that she still has from the time she was married, and her husband is, is dead right here. She has no get. And the answer is, when she brings witnesses that her husband died, so the witnesses will say, the husband died, she gets the 200. She produces the kitubah, she gets the added 1,000 uh, amount. Fine. Wait a second. How should we allow, why should we allow that? Maybe the husband did in fact divorce her and gave her a get and she has the get and she collected her 200 and now after the husband died she brings the witnesses that the husband died and gets another 200. So maybe we shouldn't allow it. No, we're talking about a case where she's been living with her husband the entire time, right up until he died, right? And uh, he died at home. And uh, so there was never a time when they were separated and never a time when they were divorced. So that's why we will um, rely on that to say that she did not collect, did not receive a get, she, she did not collect the 200, she did not advance to go, and she can uh, then collect well uh, because uh, her husband has died and she has witnesses. Hold on. How do you know, even if they were living together the whole time, maybe right before he died, he decided to divorce her. I don't know, for whatever reason, he got into a really big fight. Actually, it could happen. You know, he doesn't want her to have to fall to uh, Yibum. Um, and so maybe, even though they weren't separated, he did give her a get. And uh, so we should worry about that and not allow her to collect uh, based on witnesses to his death. And the answer to that is, If he divorced her without publicizing it, without letting anybody know, and so now she has a get, and she's going to collect with that, and then possibly collect again with the witnesses that he died, then he is the one that's responsible. Um, he, he's, he's paying her extra uh, by doing that. If he really wanted to make sure that she didn't collect double, he and, and, and uh, 
no one knew they were divorced because they're living together the whole time. He should have informed someone, have some kind of proof that she she got her get. She'll collect the two hundred with that, and that way she would not be able to double collect. Fine, and I've answered that question. But how is he going to answer the next one? How about someone who's widowed after, uh, during Kiddushin? So now they were never living together. So the fact that they're living, to, you can't look to the fact that they're living together to say that they were never divorced. Um, so in this case, maybe she, uh, so, uh, so, how, so how will she ever collect for the 200? She has no get. Uh, so the answer again is Bedemita. We have witnesses. She has witnesses. Look, I was uh, engaged to this man. Here are witnesses that he died. I want to collect the 200. And she has a ketubah also, and she'll get the full payment. Wait a second. How do you know that while they were uh, engaged, he maybe he gave her a get, and then he also died. And now she's going to take the get, collect 200, bring the witnesses that he died, and collect another 200. And in this case, you can answer like we did before, that the fact that they're living together uh, shows that they weren't divorced. They're not living together because it's only Kiddushin. Uh, so what about, what about that case? Rather, in a case where it's impossible otherwise, we will have her write a, uh, a receipt and the man will have to hold on to the receipt. So even though this whole time, Rav and Shemuel were trying to get away from the opinion that say that we require the man to hold on to a receipt and therefore we're going to allow um, her to get paid when she brings even weak proof because he'll have, if it is and we don't have to worry about her her claiming twice because he has the responsibility to hold the receipt even though we're trying to get away from that opinion in some cases like this one is no other way around it so then in that case yes we will require him to hold on to a receipt because if you don't say that, there are some cases where you require a receipt. Uh, then the witnesses regarding the death themselves. Anytime a woman is is widowed, we have, we can worry. Maybe she'll bring the witnesses to one betin. Oh, see, here's witnesses. My husband died. I'm going to collect my ketuva. And then she'll go to another betin and, uh, with the same witnesses and collect again. Rather, in the case where we have no other way of proving it, uh, we will require the man to hold on to a receipt. We don't, we don't have to do that in the case of divorce because the divorce paper itself, we can tear it up, mark it. Um, but in these cases, yes, we will require a receipt. Good. Now, this uh, this question just now, we were assuming that when a woman is only engaged and the husband dies before marriage, that there is a ketuvah payment. How do you know that? How do you know that Almanamin Erusin even gets a ketuvah? Maybe a ketuvah is only for someone who's married, fully married. So, maybe you'll prove it from the following Mishnah that we had earlier in Kitubot. If a woman is widowed or divorced, whether it's after Kiddushin or rather or after Nisuin, she collects everything. So there you go. It says uh, she's widowed and after Edusin, she still collects. So that seems like a good proof. 
But hold on, Dilma de Katavla, maybe that's where he uh, didn't have to, but he decided to write her a kituba. Uh, so this whole we this whole discussion must be talking about a case where they don't usually write a kituba. So can we assume that responsibility anyway? So for sure, after Nisuin, even if you didn't write a kituba, that it's a tenai betin, it's a condition of all marriages that the betin imposes. Uh, so, it, so maybe this Mishnah here is talking about a case where he, the husband, decided to write her even though he doesn't have to. But in the case where he didn't, doesn't write anything and she is a widow after Kiddushin, then he would not have to pay. So there's no proof from here. Now, if you're going to say, well, if he actually wrote a Ketubah, and now then then what's this Mishnah teaching? Of course he has to pay. If he and you know anyone can obligate themselves for anything. So then what is what is it's, it would be obvious. No, this Mishnah will still be giving us an important chidush that we should reject the Bialaz ben Azariah, who says that when the man writes the Ketubah for his bride-to-be, they would write it at the time of Edusin, way before, the Bialaz ben Azariah says he has in mind that this will only take effect after Nisuin. He doesn't want to have to pay her um, unless they're fully married. That's what Bialaz ben Azariah said, and this Mishnah is coming to teach us that uh, the, when he, even when he writes a Ketubah, he still only has to pay after, um, he, he still only has to pay after the, um, he does have to pay even after the Edusin only, right? Against the Bielas ben Azariah, he has to pay, who said only after the Nisuin. Uh, so according to this, even if they only had Kiddushin and, and he died, he still has to pay, and that's an important chidush to know. Uh, but it, it could, in fact, be talking about only where he wrote it, and if he didn't write it, then maybe he wouldn't have to pay. So we don't have any proof from this Mishnah that he would have to, a man would have to pay Ketubah even if he didn't write it. And we can even be more exacting and infer from the exact language that we're talking about a case where he decided on his own accord to write a Ketubah even though he didn't have to. Um, because the Mishnah says, Govat he collects everything. What do you mean everything? If he actually wrote the document, well, that's why she uh, she can collect the entire amount, the base sum, and the added amount using this Ketubah. But if he didn't, if he didn't write any, write anything, and we're just assuming it, as a tenai betin, my gobat akol. What do you mean? Uh, collect everything. My name time who She would only get the basic amount of a hundred or two hundred, right? Because if there's no document and we're just relying on the general enactment by the court that every husband has to pay a kitubah, well, that basic enactment was only regarding the basic amount of two hundred. So you just uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't write gobat akol. Gobat implies that she's collecting more than that, and she only collects more than that if there's an actual written document. So there is no proof from there. Ve'ela. Uh, so now we're going to we're going to find a, a better proof that uh, to show that uh, yes, in fact, uh, an almana from from edusin still still um, is d- deserves a ketuvah payment even if it's not written. Here we go. If he has a wife and they were only engaged 
and then uh, she, and then she dies. He does not uh, for, he does not follow the laws of Aninut. If he's a, a Kohen, he does he cannot become Tamer for her because they're not no Nisuin. And similarly, if he dies, she does not observe the laws of Aninut, and she need not become Tamer for him. It doesn't matter. She's allowed to become Tamer if she's a Kohen. But let's say it's like Pesach time, and then you know she doesn't want to become Tamer because she wants to eat korban pesach or something so she doesn't need to um meta if she dies he does not inherit her because yirusha uh, did not kick in metu if he dies she collects the ketuvah there you go right it says that there only has have kiddushin and he dies and she still collects the ketuvah so now we ask him how do you know what cases maybe this case where he actually wrote her a, 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 a ketuvah, and that's why he has to pay one. But if he didn't write, he wouldn't have to. So there's no proof from here. And if you ask, well, if he wrote one, if he wrote one, then was uh, obviously he has to pay if he wrote a ketuvah. What would be the chidush? And the chidush could still be meta and We still need this entire baraita. Uh, be uh, because uh, to to for the other clause here that says if she dies he does not inherit her and so that's why we have this halacha uh, is taught to us but there's actually no proof necessarily that uh, it's a case where he didn't write a ketubah so in the end uh, we do not have a proof so we move on to another question uh, against Rav Huna. According to Rav, who says that when you produce a get, you uh, she can collect only the base amount of 200. This is a question of Rav Nachman to Rav Huna. Then how come we don't worry that she's going to come to one betin with her get and collect the 200 and then go to another betin and collect another 200? And if you say, no, we take the get and we tear it, uh, we tear it up so she cannot use it again. But then she'll come and say, no, don't tear it up. I need it to remarry. When she wants to come remarry, they people will say, were you ever married before? She'll say yes. So then when well, you divorce, she'll say yes. But okay, prove, prove that you were divorced. No one's going to allow her to remarry without a get. So she says, don't rip it up. So how could we rip it up? And the answer is that So rather we do is we do rip up the get and we write on it on the back if after it's torn this get we we tore it up not because there's anything wrong with it it's a good get they really are divorced but rather we want to make sure that she does not go and collect their 200 with it again and so she can kind of hold on to the torn get as proof that she was uh, and with the note on it as proof that she was divorced and she still will not be use it, be able to use it again nowadays any time someone gets a divorce and they go to the betin the betin writes a get and he gives it he hands it to her the betin then tears it up they tear up and destroy every get and get rid of it and then they simply write for the woman a receipt um, a document that says this betin we were here and we um, um, adjudicated the, 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 the divorce and she can use that 
she does use that to prove that she is divorced, um, but this is in fact the halacha that we tear up any get. We do that for this for another reason, uh, which is that we don't want anyone ever to find uh, a mistake in the get. And they'll say, look, you know, this name is spelled wrong. Oh, you were never divorced. Your remarriage is not a good remarriage. Your children are mamzerim. And so therefore, uh, it's much safer to simply destroy the get and write a receipt. We now come to the next Mishnah. If a woman produces two gets and two kituvas, how could that be? Uh, the dating would, the dates would have to be all in order. So it has to be that there's a kituva followed by a get, followed by a second kituva, followed by a second get. And the dates are all sequential like that. That would mean that uh, she got married, has a ketubah, got divorced, so she deserves to get paid. Then she remarries the very same guy, and he writes another ketubah. That means he wants to write a second ketubah, and they get divorced again. He has to pay both of them. Oh, good. Now, Now, what if there's a case where she produces two ketubahs, but only one get? Uh, so then, on all these following cases, he only pays once. So in this case, it would be, for example, she has, he wrote a kit, uh, the, the dates on it, or kituva, second kituva, and then the get. In that case, we assume that he wanted to replace the second, the first kituva with the second kituva. He wanted to um, pay her more or something like that. Or, or kituba ushte ushnegitin. Or if you have one kituba, and that's the earliest document, followed by two gets, that would mean that they married, divorced. They decided to remarry. When a man remarries, sometimes he doesn't have to write a new kituba. He may say, I'm going to remarry on the basis of the same conditions, the same kituba as the first marriage. And so he only has to pay one, even though there was two divorces. Or kituba veget umita. Or, if there's a ketubah, there's a get, and there's witnesses that he died. And then uh, she may try to uh, to get paid twice by saying, Oh yeah, we had a ketubah, we got divorced, and then we remarried, and then he died. Uh, in all these cases, she can't get paid twice, um, even though there's two of one of these documents, or there's get and mita. In all these cases, even though there are two marriages, she got remarried to the same guy twice, she only gets paid once. Why? Um, when a person divorces his wife and then remarries, he has in mind he's going to continue the marriage of the first one, of the, the, of the first ketubah. Unless, in the first case here, where there are actually two ketuvot, and each of the ketuvot are dated to be uh, one before the first get and one after the first get, then he, in fact, would have to pay twice. Good. Now, in this case here, where there's two ketuvot and one get, uh, she only gets paid one of them, so which one? She can choose whatever, whichever get, whichever ketuvah she wants to get paid. Now, normally, she would pick the one with the higher amount. But not always. It could be that the later one has the bigger amount, but the earlier one has a lien on on land from an earlier date. And so, if the guy has limited funds and he sold some of his uh, land to others, then the later ketuvah with the bigger amount won't help her because she won't be able to collect it. It would be better, preferable for her to use the earlier one, even though it's a lesser amount, because then she can for sure collect it from that land. But she can choose either one that she wants. 
Now we ask, Lema Tevet Yubtad Rav Nachman Amar Shemuel. Tamar Rav Nachman Amar Shemuel. Shetesh Sheneshetarot. Hayosim Bezeacharze Bitel Sheneetarishon. This conclusion here that she can use every anyone she wants uh, is a refutation of the statement of Rav Nachman, name of Shemuel, who said that any time you have two of the two documents that are identical and one comes after the other, we assume that the second one canceled the first. For example, you have two loan documents, one from last week and one from yesterday, and they are both have a lien on the same land, same p- two people. Then we assume that they, uh, they had one document and then they changed their mind and they reset it. And so the second one cancels the first. And how come over here, uh, so that, uh, so, but over here, we don't assume that you have to use the second, uh, the second ketubah. She can pick whichever one she wants. So it must be that our Mishnah is a refutation of Shemuel. How will they answer it? Well, they can answer, Lav itmad Allah, Amara Papa, Umoder Avnachman, Diosef Bedikla, Letosefet Ketabe, Hachaname Bedosef La. No, Papa said about that, that even Avnachman would agree that the second one does not cancel the first if they're not exactly identical if the second one has something added even if you added, added one one palm tree right i'm gonna i'm gonna uh include this one palm tree in the sale of this land then the second document of sale is not canceling the first one but rather adding something else to it but the conditions of the first will still continue and so here too we're talking about a case where he had he, there was one ketuvah then the second ketuvah he adds another hundred zoos he wants to show how much he loves her as another, another hundred zoos. He can do that. And it does not cancel the first. The first is also in effect. The lien of the first document remains, and she's therefore she can use that. Or she can use the second document that has the extra tree or whatever extra it has, even though the second one will not will have a later lien. Okay, Tenora Banan, Hosia get Uchtuba Umita, Im get Kodem the Ketuba, Gova Shete Ketubot, Ketuba Kodemet Laget, Ena Kod Goba, Ela Ketuba Ahat. So this is a Braita that's elaborating on the uh, case where she has a get, a Ketuba, and the husband has died. She has witnesses that the husband dies. So what, what, what does she collect? If the get comes, uh, if the get is earlier than the ketuva, that means she was married. She received a get. She got remarried with another, with a second ketuva. So therefore, um, uh, she collects govashtek. She can collect two ketuvot because evident that the second ketuva was written for the second time she married this guy. And so she can collect twice. However, ketubah the get, the get. If the ketubah is before the get, then uh, um, only once she can only collect one get because that would mean that they were married with the ketubah, they got a get, and he died afterwards. So the fact that he died does not add to it. Whereas in the first case, where um, they have the, the the get is earlier, and then a ketubah, so she would have she could she gets paid. For the first marriage on the basis of the get, and she gets paid again for the second marriage on the basis of the ketuvah and the fact that he has died, that he died. In the second case, he only, she only gets paid once 
because uh, even though there's a ketubah and then they, and then they get and even if they got remarried and then he died afterwards, nevertheless only pays one because when someone divorces his wife and doesn't write a new ketubah, it's because he is con- con- assuming the continuation of the first uh, ketubah, unless there is a second ketubah, when you then and then you would say that he was that he's paying again. All right, we may as well finish the finish the pedic. So let's go one more mishnah. Katan aviv ketubata kayemet ken kiyema. If a, there's a minor boy and his father marries him off, so the since he's a minor, he's not responsible. Uh, so the father um, negotiates a ketubah and writes the amount of the ketubah. That ketubah is valid even when the boy grows up. He can't say, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't agree to give you a thousand zoos." Right, my father agreed. I, I don't. I don't want to do that. No, he has to pay because it's based on that condition that he maintained her as a wife. The second he turned became an adult, he didn't say, "I don't want to pay this. I'm out." Right, he continued staying with her. So that means he agrees to it. Similarly, if you have two non-Jews, men and women, who are married as non-Jews under uh, whatever civil law they are under, and then they both convert, uh, they convert together, and they remain living together. Uh, so, and they, uh, when they were not Jewish, they had some kind of marriage agreement, and he said, you know, I will pay you this uh, certain amount. Uh, Non-Jews also have marriage agreements. And now uh, they convert. Now, technically, when they once they convert, they actually have to remarry. They have to marry now under Jewish law. Uh, so, but they as if they lived, continued living together, the first bi'ah that they have, if they have in mind, this will be for a marriage. So then they are married. In such a case, he has to continue the agreement that he had before, uh, because that's the condition upon which they he maintains her as a wife. Um, and so the fact that they remain living together means that he's continuing that. If he did not want to continue the um, monetary agreement that they had before, then he should have said so. He says, "Okay, listen. Now we converted. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to pay that that same amount." And he then he could have written written up a new contract and gotten married based on that. But since they're con- continuing their marriage, by continuing their marriage, they are become married under Jewish law. So then that becomes the obligation as a kituvah payment as well, which is a really a fascinating clause here. Okay. Amar Rav Huna, lo shanu ela almane mataim abatosefet en la. Rav Huna says, when in the first case we talk about a father who married off his son, and so he um, he wrote in the kitubah, let's say, 200 plus 1,000 for Tosefet. Now the kid grows up and he gets divorced. He only has to pay the 200. That's what it means, almenat ken kiyema. He only has kituvah uh, kayemet, so that means only the base amount of the kituvah kayemet, because that everyone has to agree to. But the extra 1,000, he never agreed to. He doesn't have to pay it. Rav Yudah says, no, he has to pay the additional sum also. He continued staying in the marriage. He has to pay that. We're going to challenge Rav Yudah. If in a case where the minor added more, he uh, after he, he was became an adult, he said, you know what? My father didn't give you enough. I want to give you even more. I want to give you 10,000. So then she can collect that extra. Uh, so we can infer from here, only if he added more by himself, then he has to pay. But if he didn't add any more by himself, then he does not have to pay any extra. He can pay only the 200. And this uh, is a proof against Rav Yehuda.
Now, maybe you can read this beraita as meaning that if he adds 10,000 or more on his own, then he has to pay also that amount, um, including. So he has to pay the 200 plus the 1,000 plus the 10,000. And so you cannot necessarily infer from here that he doesn't pay the 1,000, so Rav Yudah is just fine. But this is not a good interpretation of the Braita because look at the rest of the Braita. That's the part we quoted already. The continuation says if he did not add anything when he grows up, and she's a bitula, she gets 200. If she was an almana when she first married, she only gets 100. So you see that there's no tosefet at all. So this is a rejection of Rav Yehuda. Okay, so what, what led Rav Yehuda to give his explanation if it uh, contradicts a, this explicitly, this paraita? Rav Yehuda matnitin at aite. It was the language of the Mishnah that led him incorrectly to interpret it uh, as he did. Hu sabar ketubata kayemet. He saw the words that her ketuvah is valid in figure. That means the entirety of the ketuvah, the base amount plus the added amount. But in fact, no, it's only referring to the base amount that's a valid ketuvah for the 200. But the kid never agreed to pay the 1,000, and therefore he does not have to pay.